When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three. Clint, my wife and I were driving somewhere recently, and out of the blue, she asked, what music do you want played on your deathbed? Now, some might hear this as a somewhat suspicious question to ask your spouse. Did you just sign some insurance papers by any chance? (laughs) Let's get into it. Welcome to the age-old question. I'm Rich Price. And I'm Clint Bierman. Each episode deals with another question in music fandom. The kind of questions that Clint and I have been debating since we were in college. So today, with the help of some smart people, we're going to come up with the answer. Okay, Clint, what's today's question? Today's question is, what songs do you want played on your deathbed? That's the age-old question. Clint... I know you have a very clear, very specific song in mind for you. Uh, yeah, I do. Because we've talked about at least partly this subject. This subject. Yes, yeah. Should we start there? Absolutely. So I have been in a band with Peter Day for 20 years now. And we've played a certain song so many times in our career. And what happens is, as soon as we start playing this song, you forget where you are in the song. And so it becomes this like challenge because all the lyrics are sort of the same. So all the verses sort of sound the same. It's a very easy song, but it's also extremely complicated to get right lyrically. Right. So I said to Pete one day, I said, at my funeral, Peter Day is going to have to play Wildflowers by Tom Petty off book. That's his parting gift to you. Absolutely. Is that he's going to learn. Holding back the tears, no notes no cheat sheets and he's already stressed out about it you belong among the wildflowers you belong in a boat out at sea sail away kill off the hours you belong somewhere you feel free it's a great choice, but I'm interested, other than the challenge that you're putting to Pete and that this is like a, yes. a labor of love yes. that, that will force him to spend some time reflecting on why he loves you so yes. much. Why this song in particular? So it's one of those songs that is perfectly written. It's super simple. There's really just an A section and a B section. Pretty much it's just three chords until you get to the bridge section. And I just love the simplicity of it. But the message and the the realness of it, the truth of it, the heart of this song has always touched me. I had to learn it for a funeral in college. Hmm. I learned the song, hadn't learned it before then. Obviously I'd heard it before, but I sat down with it and learned it. And it's always stuck with me as just a powerful, emotional, really beautifully written song i was thinking about my deathbed and you know it's like it's one of those moments you hope you're surrounded by your kids and your family and what better thing to have than music Mm. and so that's my first i have two that i'd like on my deathbed but wildflower 
by Tom Petty is definitely in the top two. You belong among the wildflowers. You belong somewhere close to me. Far away from your trouble and worry. You belong somewhere you feel free. Our very first episode was about can you write a masterpiece after the age of 40? Spoiler alert, one of the few exceptions that we noted was Tom Petty and this particular album, which of course was produced by Rick Rubin. Yep. I agree with you. I think it's, it's, it's a moment of songwriting perfection. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect performance. Mm -hmm. And the instrumentation of the song yep. is brilliant. I love the acousticness of it. Yeah. What's your first one, Rich? Well, I mentioned earlier that this was my wife who asked this question initially, and she guessed the Beatles. And at first I said, yeah, of course, the Beatles. But then I started thinking about this, and I actually listen to the Beatles hmm. when that music's playing. And I realized that on my deathbed, I want background music. Interesting. I want music that envelops me, but doesn't necessarily monopolize my focus. Hmm. And because I'm so mesmerized by the Beatles and every time I listen to the Beatles I feel like I'm learning something or, or catching a nuance that I hadn't heard before. I think on my deathbed if I'm lucky enough to have this scenario I might just want to be relaxing into the moment or finding some peace sharing some moment of peace with my family mm -hmm. and so there are two artists that I go to when I want to be just surrounded by music that makes me feel good but doesn't monopolize my attention. Okay. Van Morrison. Yes. Specifically Astral Weeks. Yes. And David Gray. Nice. I can, of course, focus on those tracks. I love to do that. But I can also love them passively, like subconsciously. Mm -hmm. So I want to start with Astral Weeks. We talked a bit about this album on an earlier episode, which is the best second album of all time. And I was strong and merry when jumped the hedges first. And I will drink the clear, clean water for the quench my thirst. And I shall watch the ferry boats and they'll get high. On a blue ocean against tomorrow's sky. And I will never grow so old again. There's a great article in The New Yorker from 2018 entitled The Miracle of Van Morrison's Astral Weeks, and it's by a guy named John Michaud. In it, he writes, Van Morrison's Astral Weeks has always seemed like a fluke. In November 1968, the irascible songwriter from Belfast released a jazz-influenced acoustic song cycle that featured minimal percussion, an upright bass, flute, harpsichord, vibraphone, strings, and stream-of-consciousness lyrics about being transported to another time and another place. Many of the songs were captured on the first or second take. Morrison has called the sessions that produced the album uncanny, adding that it was like alchemy. Lester Bangs, the legendary music critic, called the album a mystical document and a beacon of light on the far shores of the murk. 
Bruce Springsteen has said that it gave him a sense of the divine. But I love this. The critic Griel Marcus compared the album to Bob Beeman's record-shattering long jump performance at the Mexico City Olympics. Do you know about this? No. At the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City, Bob Beeman, an American track star, competed in the long jump. His gold medal jump was 8.9 meters, 29 feet, two and a half inches. Wow. Can you imagine being able to jump that far? Definitely not. What was remarkable about that jump was not just that it was good enough to win the gold or that it set the world record, it's that it smashed the world record. Huh. Normally, world records are beaten incrementally, a fraction of a second or an, an inch. inch. Yeah. That day in Mexico City, Bob Beeman broke the existing record by 21 and three quarter inches. Whoa. Almost two feet. His world record stood for another 23 years. Wow. Till it was broken by Mike Powell in 1991. It's still the second longest jump in history. What year was it? 1968. Okay, <laughs> but back to Van. It's in that context and that contemporary understanding that critic Grail Marcus wrote that Van Morrison's Astral Weeks was like Bob Beeman's jump in Mexico ah, City. That's beautiful. A singular achievement that was way outside of history. Wow, good one. That's number one. Okay. We will say at this point that Rich and I are actually face to face for the first time. In a long time. In a long time. We're backstage, we're about to play a show, we're about to play a Beatles and Rolling Stones celebration yes. concert. Mashup celebration. Really, we've done a lot of these. And I would say in some regards, this is the most ambitious. Yeah freaking me out and if we stick the landing it'll be glorious it will be really great yep so let's talk about this deathbed scenario you got me thinking and i like the idea of being able i mean most of the time you're not gonna be able to communicate at that point right you're gonna be in some sort of unconscious state right you know at least the, the times i've been with people that have passed and i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go with something crazy right now i'm calling an audible right now i'm gonna go with chuck man jones feel so good instrumental song i don't know this song yes you do <laughs> let's hear it i have loved this song since the second i heard it and when you started talking about not focusing on it that got me thinking about really just being present in the the moment you're in yeah and so that you're not taken away from that moment this is what's going to do it. And Chuck Mangione, I mean, he, I think he's a Rochester, New York cat, but he plays not the trumpet, but the flugelhorn on that track. And there's, it's just this mellow trumpet sound. It's like this super uh, non-abrasive sound yeah. that is quite, quite literally feels so good. And there's multiple sections in it. There's also some ripping solos, but it's an instrumental track. And... Boy, that that's that's gonna be it. I think that's gonna. I'm about to put down my money and say that's my final answer. Chuck Man Jones. Chuck Man Jones feels so good. Final answer. Coming back to this topic. It's interesting for me that we've done three weeks, three episodes in a row that are sort of tied 
interestingly together. Together, what? right? Yeah. Like weird. Best day of the week. We chose Sunday because it of the vibe and like what it made us feel like, right? right? And then the next episode was what song feels like a warm bath, right? Right. And then now we're talking about deathbed. I don't know what's going on with us. Whether we're having know. a midlife crisis <laughs> or at least so far we've chosen these these contemplative songs. Yes. What we're going to do for the remainder of this episode is we're going to interview many people who yes. are about to come in here. Yeah. And I'm intrigued to see somebody's going to want full-on rock sauce at their death. Somebody's going to want Someone's gonna Enter look. Sandman it, by Metallica. It'll be interesting. Yeah. So as we mentioned, we're backstage. We're about to play a show. It's an all-star band celebrating the music of the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. So much fun. But part of this episode will be featuring members from that band sharing with us what is your deathbed song. Love it. All right, I'm going to go to my number two. Go. So my next I mentioned was David Gray. Now you and I share a deep, deep, deep love for White Ladder, the album. And it's one of my favorite albums of all time. Mm -hmm. But I think in some future episode, I'd like to focus entirely on this album. I can't wait for that. So I'm not going to talk about anything from White Ladder. Okay. Instead, I want to focus on one of his songs that maybe people don't know. Huh. It's a song that had a deep impact on my psyche and my formation as a songwriter. Wow. The song is called Mystery of Love. Don't know it. Oh, that's exciting. I could really geek out over the song. But let me start with the lyrics. The city gates at twilight and a red ship sinking behind winter's gray wall. Ice in the wind by the fire in the embers of my heart as darkness falls. The second verse in the candlelit room. In a candlelit room where your eyes are laughing, smoking on the red chair. And nothing in the world nothing except, in the the world except the beating of my heart against the nerves of the air. And the next verse he sings. And I know there's a light at the end of the tunnel because I taste it on your lips. And I feel awake. And I know there's a light at the end of the tunnel because I taste it on your lips. And I feel a weight that can bear me double. You lift it with your fingertips. And so often it happens. So often it happens. That words prove useless in the face of how it feels. So it is as the mystery of love keep growing, the more my heart reveals. So it is as the mystery of love keeps growing, the more my heart reveals. Wow, that's incredible, Dave. It's perfection. Wow. The song was track six on David Gray's 1994 album, Flesh. I saw him in New Haven on October 22nd, 1994. Huh. He opened for Sean Colvin, so I, sh I found Sean Colvin's tour history from 1994. But I was there to see Sean Colvin, but it was one of those moments in life when the opening act steals a show. Huh. Has that happened to you before, where, where you leave and an opening act is the, the thing that you, like, that 
That may have just changed my life. I won't say it changed my life, but I had not heard of a band called Keen. Oh, yeah. And I saw Keen open up for U2. No guitar player, just keyboards, drums, and, and singer. And it blew my mind. Wow. It was really, really good. Wow. I wouldn't say it was better than U2, because I was, I was like 14th row at the Boston oh, Garden. Oh, my. So it was pretty yeah. sweet. And that's the one where... The white lights of... Streets have, have no and, name. And I'm just crying. Yeah. yeah, that was the show. So, But I was so blown away by them that I went out and I purchased, because yeah. that was the time when you still purchased things. Yeah. I purchased their record immediately and absolutely fell in love with that record. So I became a lifelong fan of David Gray. Wow, that's early. 94 is way before White Ladder. For the next six years, David Gray flew under the radar, huh? right? As you say, way before White Ladder. White Ladder came out in 2000, 2001. And it wasn't until White Ladder that he became known widely. During that time, he continued to write and record. And there's an album of material called Lost Songs, 95 to 98. Hmm. One of those songs also is another one that affects me deeply. It's the first track of the album called Flame Turns Blue. I'll play just a bit of it now. So I ventured underneath the leaden sky See the freight train with one fierce eye And then I listen as it tears the night in two With a but it's Van Morrison, David Gray on my deathbed. Sounds amazing. So anyone listening, if you happen to be in the room. Right. Make this so. Make it happen. Yeah. Should we should we go to the comments? Let's go to the comments. Let's go to the comments. Clint. Remember our episode about songs that haven't aged well? Yes. This was episode 14, way back in April of 2021. Wow. We discussed songs that were big and important songs in their day, but to a modern audience through the filter of today's standards, just don't look right. So this comment actually comes from me. I was working out at the YMCA a few days ago, and I was having Spotify shuffle songs randomly, starting with Bill Withers. It was great. It gave me Sam Cooke, Etta James, and then Ray Charles came on. And I was thinking, man, this is great. His voice, the arrangement, even the sentiment about having a great woman. Then it came to this line. She knows a woman's place. It's right there now in her home. I got a woman. What do we do with a song like that, Clint? Man. Like, you can't cancel Ray Charles. No. You know what I mean? It's, it, you just can't because he was commenting on the time. As a songwriter, you're commenting on the world around you. And so you're not, you're not judging it. I, I mean, maybe he was that way. But in a lot of ways, he's just saying what is in the air of yeah. the society at the time. I don't know. I, it's, I talked agree. about it with Michael Jackson, too. It's I, like, what do I, you do? I agree you can't cancel Ray Charles. But... It's not a song that you and I could cover. No. And just like tonight, when we play the Rolling Stones, yeah. we've made a choice not to play Brown Sugar. Yeah, definitely. Because similarly, I'm not going to cancel the Stones or that song. I'm going to celebrate that song in my record collection as a great moment in rock history. Yep. But I'm not going to replicate it. Nope. And that's, I think that that's the lesson. If he's out there playing it now, that's one thing. 
I mean, Ray Charles isn't playing anything right, right. now. Right. But I'm but saying if there was an artist that the Stones, is still around. I think the Stones. Do they still do it? That's a good question. I don't know. Can we chat GBT this? Yeah. Wow. Do the Rolling Stones still play Brown Sugar? The last time the band performed Brown Sugar was at the Hard Rock Stadium in Florida in 2019, but they've made a conscious decision not to play it anymore. Wow. So, they're hip, man. They, they, they yeah. get it. But again, I, I don't think you can punish someone for commenting on the times. One of our most popular episodes, Clint, it's one of our favorites for sure, is our episode about what happened to the sax solo. <laughs> episode 10. I was watching an episode of 30 Rock a couple nights ago, and I saw this scene. It's a perfect joke about the things that don't exist anymore. Liz Lemon yeah. is thinking about, do you need writers anymore? And all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, three people appear from the sewers. And they've been living in the sewers. People of the sidewalk, we can't give up on the written word. We need stories. Because I don't have a plan B. I have a degree in theater tech with a minor in movement. Why did my parents let me do that? It's over. Who's there? Show yourselves. You're one of us now. <gasps> who are you? Better to ask who we used to be. People whose professions are no longer a thing. Once, I was called travel agent. I was an American auto worker. And I played dynamite saxophone solos and rock and roll songs. Come. We live under the subways with the CEO of Friendster. No! <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> So smart. Here's another entry from our segment, Rich and Clint Talk About the Beatles. Yes. Uh, Rich and Clint Talk About the Beatles. George Harrison's classic song, Here Comes the Sun, has reached an incredible milestone of becoming the first song by the Beatles to hit one billion streams on Spotify. The first song? Wow. George. Of, the, of the Beatles. Yeah, of the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. So wow. of all the Beatles songs, George, George gets the first to a billion. Way to go, George. That is awesome. It's also the oldest song to reach a billion. Really? Okay. Seems. That makes sense. Dave Levine, our buddy Dave Levine, left a voicemail about his picks for a warm bath song. Hmm. Let's check it out. Richard, Clint, I wanted to throw in my nominations for the warm bath topic. I absolutely love that. Of the many age-old questions that you've pondered, this is one of my faves. So I have two nominations for the warm bath category. Number one, these are two kind of deep random cuts. One is um, Mark Ronson, who many know as a producer. He also has a few songs that he has uh, performed himself, and one is called Show Me, and it's just a great vibey tune I, I it gives me hashtag mood hashtag mood okay so check that one out i wish that i could feel snow fall on my skin i wish that i could feel a heartbeat pulse within but i still feel the highs and the lows somehow just a little more The second one is um, a little bit out of left field. It's Keith Urban. 
underrated guitarist. He's obviously known for his beautiful hair and Nicole Kidman and, you know, sculpted bod and tattoos, but the dude can sing and he's got an unbelievable uh, ability to play guitar. Um, Till Summer Comes Around is the song. And I saw a live version of him and John Mayer playing this, and John Mayer described the opening guitar riff as slinky. And I just, I love that descriptor. And that song is just warm bath comes to mind. So those are my two nominations. Check them out and keep rocking the podcast, guys. I love it. See ya. We talk about slinky grooves yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Make it slinky. Make it slinky. Yeah. And it's a, definitely a warm bath element. Definitely. I wrote a song called Slinky Slinky for my, my instrumental funk necessary means band. Yeah. And it's a 16th note, 90 beats per minute groove. Slinky. It's called Slinky Slinky. Oh. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah, it's Dave, way to it go. The slinky term. <laughs> I think it's time to introduce some of the band. Great. Just, just relax. All right, we've got one of our favorite, favorite people on the entire planet. And, hey, and someone who's joined us on this podcast many times. The one and only Peter Day. Hey now. We talked about you earlier in this episode because we talked about okay. wildflowers. Aha. <laughs> and <laughs> no pressure, buddy. No pressure. No. And that this is the gift, the parting gift for Clint, that you will, as a labor of love, you will learn that song off pro- book. Properly off book. And not mess it up. Not yeah. mess it up. And in the meantime. I'm making a, a concerted effort to not learn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why why learn it now? Because yeah, you know, and Clint, you Clint, Clint and I, and and I know you do too. We, we pride ourselves on memorizing stuff. You yeah, know, it's, it's it's sort of an old school. This is yes. from the days of pre iPads and everything. Yes. So it's a muscle, and you got to keep that muscle sharp. And this is this is one short twitch muscle of that that I refuse to hone. Enough stalling. Okay, we're gonna take you to the moment hopefully many years from now mm-hmm. where you're on your deathbed mm-hmm. what I'll, I'll be long gone by then <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah, this whole arrangement this whole arrangement it's not going to work if you pass first yeah all right so let's assume that clint is long gone okay maybe not long gone maybe maybe a yeah, couple weeks couple weeks <laughs> and this is after, after a very a, a long and happy life yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. yes yes yeah. making music until we're old and gray so if Emily and Wyatt and Maggie unearth this podcast somehow and, and realize, oh, dad wanted this song played in, uh, during his final moments, what is that song? I'm thinking very deeply. This is a wonderful question. I love this. And there are two that have popped to mind, but I'm only going to give you one of them. Okay. okay. That song is "Because" by the Beatles. Wow. Love and this, and th- and this is we're talking getting like a, a version of it played, so it's all you know, like we don't need to put anyone through the, like we're not teaching three other people. To- <laughs> this is we're playing actually playing the Beatles recording. Okay. All right. All right. That's my choice. All right. Because that song, it stirs something very, very profound. Uh, in me. 
So let's talk about this song because if you're a casual fan of the Beatles, you you know the song, you know yep. that's on Abbey Road. Yep. But there are certain details about this song that I think are worth calling out to these casual listeners, right? Yes. Talk to us a little bit about because. To me, it's the quintessential pinnacle moment of of Beatles harmonies. It is. It's just. I mean, talk about sort of a warm bath. That to me, those vocals. When that comes in, and it's actually one of those songs you can't actually sing it, like by just yourself. by yourself, because yeah. it's it's so harmony dependent. harmony dependent. There is no melody necessary. Right. right. Didn't they triple their voices? Yeah. So there's actually yes. the sound of nine voices. Yes. But they sat around one mic and did it live three times. Right. It wasn't like they did it individually. So they sat face-to-face with each other yeah. and sang together. And every breath, every every nuance is perfect. It's like, so hard to do, so to get that to phrasing. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. Let's listen to Because, but just the vocals. Thank you, thank you for this. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. It's nice to think about the songs that sort of stir your soul the most. And actually, of all the times we've had you on the show, this is the first time we've had you in the same room. Yeah, I love it. So let's do it again. Yeah, done and done. All right. Thanks, thanks, ga- thanks guys. <laughs> love the show. Keep it up. <laughs> all right, we have the one and only Josh Panda. Welcome, Josh. We've just ambushed him. He didn't know he was going to be on the age question. I was told to come into this room, and I don't, I don't know what's happening. He was right told now. there would be no math. I thought there would be chips. There are chips. There are chips. <laughs> but you don't want to have chips on a podcast, no. unless it's a podcast on chips. He just said to Peter that we've had him on the show n- numerous times, but we've never had him in the same room. Here we are with you in the same room. This is really fun. This is very exciting. And I just did an episode of your show. You did. The Josh Panda Show. Yes, that was a hoot. Which was really fun. When is that airing? The last Wednesday of this month, so the 31st. Okay. Yeah, 31st of May. How do you find the Josh Panda Show? Well, Rich, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> uh, you can find that by going to patreon.com slash official. Okay. And signing up for my Patreon. It's $3 a month. Well, that's less than a cup of coffee. That's less than what it costs to park for two hours in downtown Burlington. I got a ticket during the Josh Panda show. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> there is some serious irony there. Meta. Wow. Okay. But, uh, uh, but listen, many years from now, when you find yourself on your deathbed, what song do you want played? That's an easy one because that's literally written into my will. That's incredible. Perfect. All right, so you've quite literally written into your will, Mm -hmm. this is the song that will be played. Uh, At my funeral, so I will be cremated, and uh, there will be a little ceremony where my ashes will be poured into a hole in the ground and a tree planted on top of me. Okay. In a disclosed location. In a disclosed location. 
and I would like Kenny Rogers the Gambler played on cassette tape. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? No, not at all. We just, we just said that. When we stopped recording on Peter... He said, you know, the other one could have been the gambler. But, no, I'm literally not kidding. That's weird. Either way, it's amazing. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness. The boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life. That is yeah. brilliant. Now it was the um, the first eight track I had when I was a kid. Mm. That was one of the first eight tracks I had as a kid. So weird. Yeah, I yeah yeah I had an eight track in, in my bedroom, and that was the only one I had. Wow. We had all the um, the Gambler VHS tapes. We, we were we were big fans of the Gambler and Kenny Rogers in our house. So it's kind of a full circle thing for me. Uh, it was like my first song. And it's my song. Oh, I love it. Beautiful story, like um, great storytelling in it, and the delivery, and it just yeah, it means a lot to me. That song. You gotta learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never can. It's meaningful to me as well. My dad had that album and I he and I share a love of the gambler maybe it's foundationally why the three of us like each other so much should it be the opening question when we meet new people yeah so thoughts on uh, Kenny Rogers the gambler that song sucks alright All right, see, see you later and you have a nice day well Josh we mean it when we say you are one of the most talented people we know and we love getting a chance to collaborate with you tonight you're going to be singing your tail off Beatles and Stones. I wish people. I wish lis- listeners of the show. Well, uh, look at here, What did you say last time, Quinn? You say Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. I wish. I wish listeners of this show. <laughs> I wish listeners. Try saying that. I wish listeners. I wish listeners. I still can't do it. I wish listeners of this show could see you perform tonight because it's really a joy to watch you perform and speaking of joys thank you for joining us on the age-old question my pleasure you never count your money when you're sitting at the table there'll be time enough to count when the i think we did it did we do it Yes, and, and we're gonna take maybe a maybe a week or two hiatus because you're going to Jordan. I'm going to the country of Jordan, the country of Jordan, yes. to play some shows. Yes, and it's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be incredible. We're playing for the U.S. ambassador to Jordan, and we're uh, we get to go to a, a football tournament, soccer. For incredible. Us. Yeah, and we're gonna go to the Dead Sea and Petra. Oh, oh God. man, it's gonna be incredible. When you get so. back, will you will you give us a, yeah, a travel give, log? Absolutely, absolutely, and hopefully maybe see some music over there, which would be amazing. That's cool. So, well, we hope you had fun, as much fun as we did, and we hope you'll join us next time when we answer another age-old age question. question. Follow us on Instagram at. The Age-Old Question. Facebook, The Age-Old Question. We hope this conversation has sparked some ideas and thoughts of your own. Let us know in the comments. But let's be kind, people. Yeah, 
No hating. No hating. Also, if you're digging the podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash theageoldquestion and consider becoming a part of our Age Old Question family. With your support, we'll be able to answer many more age-old questions. Thanks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.